Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. second in my mind. I asked for the ball back from my teammate Mackenzie and she gave it to me and I said I have to do it for her. I have to do it for my team. And I ended up putting it back in the net. It feels unbelievable. And to have worked with these boys for all four years of high school, it's insane to finally win it with all of them. Amazing. I can't even describe it. It's so cool. Hello! <laughs> Welcome to Just for Kicks. I'm TT. We are back. We have made it to the playoffs. I'm and you're back. outdoors. I'm back outdoors. It's, it's like 85 degrees out. Look at the t-shirt. It's amazing. It's 85 uh, out. I mean, this is this is incredible. I, I can't ever remember. I actually last year Halloween was warm, so I remember taking my kid trick or treating. But this is this is incredible. I don't remember ever having a week like this. This you? is usually when we're freezing at playoff games. Yeah. How many times have we been freezing in football games and have to go to the press box? You can't, and you're freezing your, you know, what off. So well, this is the same thing that happened in the spring. I think I talked to Pete about this. The weather was incredible. Like, they barely would have been canceling any baseball games. Same thing this fall. The weather's been really, really nice. Now it's really nice again. Um, we're in the playoffs, but there's a lot of changes to the playoffs. Joe worked, I think, every weekend, all, all weekend just updating playoff schedules and changes and everything's just been up in the air now all of a sudden, right? Well, yeah, first, well, first of all, listen, I'm, as we have said every week, I'm happy we're here. It doesn't feel the same, but it feels different because it is playoffs. I think once we're at these games, I know you haven't been to many games. I've only been to like four. It's, it'll mean some more. I mean, it, it won't be a true league championship, but it'll mean something. And I'm happy for them. But, yes, um, we'll start in the SWC. I mean, our, our guest today is uh, the Pop Rock Girls soccer coach, Julian Menzies, uh, formerly Julian Cipriano, for those who may recognize that name. Um, they were unbeaten this year. They were 9-0-2. And I invited her on the podcast, and I, I come to find out that <laughs> they had a COVID case, and they had almost the whole team has to quarantine, including herself. So Pop Rock will be sending their JVs and then have a couple of varsity players uh, when they start on Wednesday and Thursday for the semifinals. And then they're finding out that Immaculate, which started the year, uh, the, the program, uh, the, the school had a COVID case and they, they didn't start on October 1st. They started, I think, the 9th or, or thereabouts. Now they had a, a couple of COVID cases. So girls, Immaculate Girls Soccer, which has won how many state championships in Class S and and league championships in the SWC, they're out. So they only have seven teams in the, uh, the North Division. And in the SEC, they have at least six or seven soccer teams, boys and girls, that are not playing next week, including Brantford, which is at a case for the second time, or either based in quarantining or has a case or, 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 or contact tracing or whatever you want to call it. So Brantford's out. The Amity girls are out. Um, and and Wilbur Cross. 
queer high house boys and girls are out. It's it's, it's Xavier sending their JV team. It's it, there are so many cases of this all over, and these are just two two leagues. I'm sure the CCC look at their schedule. They have, I mean, Middletown is not is done because they're in remote learning, so they're done. Old Saybrook, we talked about the boys. We saw we 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 talked on Monday about how Steve Waters is going for the record, correct? Yeah, all the yeah. record is going to be the ultimate winning coach. Well, that day they canceled the rest of the regular season. Right. Right. I got to follow up on this, and and they and they're hopeful they would be in the hopeful uh, shoreline tournament, and they are look like they're the one seed according to the brackets. But there's a couple of teams. I think Westbrook's done for the year. I mean, Morgan's got is in, it's it's. I don't like to be negative, but it's 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 impacting these tournaments, but you still have enough to get around. And, and kudos to these league commissioners to jockey everything around. Al's moved games all over the place, and it's just, you know, and now instead of going into next week, you got they're going to end it early. And it's supposed to be a great week, at least the first half. So uh, hopefully we can just get through these tournaments. I hate to say it like that, but it's just the way it is. Yeah, and the ECC also has canceled a lot. Uh, certain schools have shut down. Um, I think New London shut down. A few others are just not going to participate. A lot of them are just going to remote learning. They've had a lot of outbreaks out there. Um, yeah, I think we, one thing that we haven't probably haven't mentioned enough is the job done by the league commissioners and all the ADs sure. to just constantly reshuffle all these schedules and reschedule buses and reschedule games and, and worry about their practices. Um, it's been a very stressful time for all those athletic directors, and they deserve a lot of credit because we have gotten to this point at least. We, we've made it to November. We've made it to the playoffs. Our JT, JV team's playing now, yes, but yeah. we're here. We, we, we've gotten this far, and the kids have had a season. They had a real season. And, and I, I, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't think we'd get this far. I never thought we'd get this far. I'm, I'm happy we did. I just think it's so hard, and now you, we could go on and on. A whole other topic is what's going to happen in the winter with the mandates and stuff. It's, I know the CAC is going to give it a try. It's, it's, it's hard. But, you know, these parents and these kids, they want – the parents think these kids should play. and, and the kids want to play, but unfortunately, it's just, I mean, with this, we know what COVID does. And if somebody gets it, it's, it affects groups, and it's, it's a super spreader in certain things. Um, and and the, numbers are up. the numbers are up. The numbers are up, and unfortunately, it's affected certain teams, like okay, we'll talk to Julian about it today. And, and it's too bad because you want to play for something, and a lot of those seniors can't. And that's the unfortunate. And Mackett's kids can't. So, and I'm sure, again, there's many others. Brantford boys can't. So, you know, and then now, like, and, and in one division in the SEC, because of all the case being out, you have three teams. You have East Haven, Guilford, and uh, Hand. So East Haven plays Guilford, winner gets Hand. That's your tournament. And but if Guilford plays Hand, it's like they, they, they feel like they're the only two teams anyway. So that's what they, they, <laughs> and it's like their God-given right to be in the final, which of course I kind of help that along. But you know, maybe East Haven will surprise us. But again. I'm happy to be here. Let's hope we have great weather. Let's hope we have a good week. Let's hope we have no more COVID cases. Let's hope. Um, we do have a couple of other things to talk about before we get to our guest. Uh, yep. Scott's a story. I know we mention this kid every week, but speaking it is crazy. Speaking of hand, it's crazy. It's crazy. He's had five straight games with hat tricks. Seven of his last eight games, he scored at least three goals. Have you ever seen anything, a streak, anything like no. that? Uh, listen, I, 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 a long time ago, I covered a kid, a 25-year-old kid by the name of Pierre Venditti in law. And he had played a lot of premier. He played overseas. And he played his senior year at Jonathan Law, which doesn't have a lot of success. And 
And that's the way I think about it. I mean, it's two different kids, but this kid ended up going to Maryland, and, and he lifted this team, which I don't know what would they have been without him, to get to the semifinals. I remember them losing to Bethel. I remember them getting a bunch of red cards in the game and getting thrown out. It was just the greatest thing. But that's who I think of. I mean, his story is just incredible. I, mean, I haven't seen him since the beginning of the year, but every time you look, turn around, as you said, seven out of eight games, Patrick, and you got Wallach and Forty up front. I, I'd be hard pressed to see if anybody can hold them down in the state. I didn't say B. I said hold them down because those guys can score. You can score on hand, but they're going to score on you. And that's the unfortunate thing about Wallace. I'd love to see them against somebody other than Guilford, but we're not going to get yeah. that chance. And I'm sure Wilton would love to play them again, but and Wilton's having a great year too. Yeah, I know they lost. I think they've lost what one game. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. It is incredible, and again, you can't. Well, I don't know what you can do with this story because you got the other two guys. So it's it's just such a difficult thing to do. Like I mean, we've we've seen a lot of great soccer players, and you know they end up getting you know, marked or double teamed or whatever. And it's just so hard to score goals for him to keep doing this. It's just crazy. Like every time I read it, I'm like, no way, no way he did that again. Three goals again. There are games now where he's scoring three goals and he's out by halftime because they're up by so much. Like. Yeah. It's nuts. It is nuts. Okay, um, he's yeah. not committed yet. He's not committed yet. So yeah. um, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll have the news on that soon. I'm sure. Again, I th- and I, as we mentioned, I think by having this season, it's given schools an opportunity to see the game film or live, whatever it is, to see this kid and maybe, hey, he can be a great addition to our program. I'm hopeful. He, I mean, he's a Division One talent. There's no question about it. Whether it works out or not is another story. Uh, speaking of Division One talents, uh, Sam Maltado, uh, who was only a junior uh, at Stonington, set the school record. Um, the school record was 63 career goals. He's now at 66. Uh, he had another hat trick uh, in a 5-1 win over Ledger. He has 22 goals this season in 11 games. Um, I know the ECC, you know, not quite the, the competition levels that they face in the SEC and the FCX, stuff like that. But if you can score that many goals – set your school scoring record as a junior um he's another kid that we need to you know start watching uh, as far as the d1 talent is uh, coming out of stonington and you know we don't always get out there and get to see those kids very often but um uh, unbelievable what that kid's been able to do also yeah absolutely uh, a couple of kids of mine just to go because we'll um and again these uh these will be out on um gametimect.com all these top performances but uh uh, we mentioned the ECC and how they're struggling to with uh, COVID cases in a lot of red zone towns, as we like to say. Um, but one kudos to a girl by the name of Abby Burgess um, of Killingly. Uh, yeah. She's had six goals in four games last week and has become the program's all-time leading scorer. All-time leading scorer with 73 goals. So kudos to her. And, uh, again, we're not going to see a lot of these teams because they're not going to be any – games outside your own region but i mean that's a nice again that's a that's a town at, at the very massachusetts border i believe in um and that's what's been great about getting this season in even though it's been shortened it's 11 games right. 12 games whatever it is that these kids would otherwise not obviously not break these records if the games weren't being played and they just would never have the opportunity to and you would say well this kid was the best kid ever played here but he didn't break the scoring record he didn't play the season he didn't do that now at least they got a chance to get out there and and prove how good they are and some of these kids are really taking advantage of that i hate to think if no, no offense to football if we had followed football we, and for whatever reason and not had it it would have been devastating to a lot of people including us 
Yeah. You know, at, least, at, least we, at least we get to keep fi- follow these guys and get to give them some love when they deserve it. So, um, but Justin is going to take a brace, break from our postseason edition, and we'll be right back with Pomp Rock Girls soccer coach Julian Menzies. Welcome back to Just for Kicks. Uh, our guest is the head coach of the unbeaten Pompora Panthers girls soccer team, 9-0-2, as they enter the SWC tournament, Southwest Conference tournament, for those who don't know, as the number one seed, uh, and they begin play on Thursday. Uh, Jillian Menzies is our guest. Formerly Jillian Cipriano, just recently got married. Congratulations. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Just talk about, if, again, to start your season, you're 9-0-2, you had a lot of seniors coming back. What you expected and hoped for with this season of a lot of uncertainty going into it? Um, well, this is my fourth year with varsity. So these seniors that, that are seniors this year, I came in with as my first year of varsity. So um, we've, I finally feel like we started to mesh as a unit, the both of us, coaching style versus the kids as well. And you know, high school is always strange because, you know, these kids come from all different clubs, all different trainings throughout the year. And then you got to kind of come in and quickly put together a format you like, a style you like, you know, mesh kids together. And this was kind of weird because we couldn't play any soccer, right? So we, we started this season and all we could do was do some fitness and a couple ball skill things. So um, I basically put the kids in groups, cohorts of 10, which was what we were allowed and we basically did like a four day rotation for, I think what was 21 days. I think it ended up being three weeks. And I am lucky that I have four coaches counting myself. So we basically rotated these kids around. We, we did the best we could with keeping them in the right mindset to be looking forward to, we're going to get to play at some point. We're going to get to play at some point. And um, I do have to say that the, the senior group really, you know, tried to keep these kids motivated. They really tried to be positive. You know, we, we do a lot of team bonding activities outside of soccer and and that was kind of thrown out the window. We couldn't do any of that. Um, I did a lot of zoom workouts with them and, you know, I did have a huge turnout. We did a couple virtual five K's. We all started at the same time, ran wherever we were trying to just keep everybody going as best we could. Um, once we got the go-ahead that we were having this season, we kind of just focused on let's execute this practice. Let's get each person better individually. Whatever happens with the games is fine, and we'll see where we go from there. Once we realized how well we were meshing, as quickly as we were meshing when we were able to play soccer, we were like, wow, we can we can run this season being undefeated. We definitely could do it. And the kids put their minds to that once they were ready and they determined that was their goal for the season, give up as least amount of goals as possible, score as many goals as possible and be undefeated. I mean, in 11 games, we did that. I think we scored 35 goals, gave up, gave up five and, you know, we're nine Oh and two. I mean, you can't really complain about that. Julia, I don't know want to say anything's easy in these times, especially with numbers going up. I, I'm curious though, was once the season started, and you were able to get to that point and then you start to win, does it become easier for these kids to deal with it and kind of make second nature takes over and you just beat? Well, I think, um, yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't want to call it easy, but I right. think that they, 
really knew what they wanted to get out of this season. So we, we basically, at the beginning, when they said, okay, we're having 11 games, fine. Let's take these 11 games. Let's play these 11 games. We had our little goals we wanted to work on. I, we do a lot of, um, we do a lot of chat, chat, just chatting. And I want to know where they are, what they feel, how they're doing. And we, we basically come up with one personal goal they want to work on and then one team goal that they want to work on. And at the beginning of the season, I was giving them more. And they were like, we want to streamline this. We want it to be one and one. We want to work on one thing individually, one thing as a whole. And once we got to that point, you know, we had a little hiccup mid-season, which always happens. We, you know, weren't scoring as much as we would have liked. But, you know, I met with the captains who met with the girls before. We had a little conversation about, you know, where we want to move some players around, how we want to execute things. And, you know, they really took what the coaches were feeding them and they really ran with it. And they, they knew what they wanted out of the season. And, we had a lot of fun at practices. We really did. We did a lot of four V four tournaments and, you know, got the competition going a little bit, you know, we still did our fitness. We were very fit. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen any of our games. We, we do not stop. We move the ball really well. Everyone from number one to number 18 is very, very fit. They can run for 90 minutes, no issue. Um, so we really worked on those little things to make sure that when we had to execute in a game that mattered, we were able to do so. And we did, we were able to do that. Coach, you're always relying on seniors, obviously, every year. How much more important was it this year to have senior leadership that, that was in place? Yeah, I mean, they were unbelievable. I mean, and there were 10 of them as well. So it's not like I just had a little group. These girls really made up the team. I think eight of the 10 were starters. They, they've been starters. They knew what I was expecting. They knew what they wanted out of it. You know, a lot of them obviously got gypped of a spring season with their club teams. They're, they're panicking about getting ready for college and you know, I didn't name captains until the season started because I wanted them all to realize that this, this was all about them. They all had to rise to an occasion. They all had to step it up. And even, even the younger kids, they, they bought into it a lot. We really did a lot of stuff to get us pumped up and pick the goals that we wanted. And, and it really came down to the seniors and it trickled down to the younger kids. When you had to split them into cohorts, did you split your seniors up and, and kind of put them in different groups to lead the no, younger kids? I completely, completely random. I just listed all the kids, did one through 10, and, and that was it. And I mean, it, it was tough because, you know, you have that senior that's been playing forever with, you know, a, a freshman who's not necessarily as skilled, who's not filled out really yet, you know, and, and not necessarily ready to be on a varsity team. So the dynamic was a little, you know, strange to be playing with that way but you know they made the best of it and and they still made little competitions among that stuff I mean we did a lot of technical a lot of the square drill passing patterns um, we came up with a lot of fitness activities that were competition they really love they thrive off of that we're lucky at Pompera we have this massive hill that we run on we did it under the lights a few times and and I think for what it was they did have a lot of fun for what we were able to do and it's a short season, obviously, but doesn't it feel long? I mean, from the time you guys got going and stopped and started, I mean, like, it know, seems like a year ago that's happened. It really does. It really does. I, and I even said to the kids one day, I think it was after the Massic game, we ended up winning 2 nothing, but it wasn't really our best performance. Massic really came to show up, and I love coaching against Jason. He's so fun. So we, we, we had a really good time playing, but it wasn't our best performance. And, you know, I kind of sat the girls down, and I was like, you know, I just got married. You know, I should be spending time with my new husband. I'm, <laughs> I'm, teaching. I'm trying to prepare for online learning and, and, 
being virtual and all this stuff. And I was like, all I could think about is you guys. I was like, <laughs> I just want to make sure that it goes well for you and for what we're able to do. And I don't think we played like, like it was going to be our last, but we played like nothing else mattered. It was like, we're here, we're playing, we're focusing on those few goals we had. And, and we really were able to execute that way. And I'm very proud of them for that. I mean, sports really took everyone's mind off everything again this year, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, in the perfect way. Yeah, I feel like all I was on my phone so much just waiting for like the next news alert, the next CIAC announcement. And, you know, the girls, they were doing the same, calling me, what about football? What about this? And we, I was just like, worry about us, worry about us. Like, we got to stay focused on the things. That's the thing. We had to stay focused on what we could control. All those rules, the tournament ending for us, none of that stuff was beyond our control. So we had to do what we could do to focus and. I do have to say, you know, up until Friday when we got this announcement, we really had that mentality the whole time. Pop Rock Girls soccer coach Julian Menzies joining us. You bring it up. I mean, I'm sure every program, every team, and any sport has been impacted somehow, either having a game canceled or, or delayed or, or remote learning or something along those lines. As you said, you have a great regular season. Uh, for those who aren't ready, the story's up on Game Time CT. Pop Rock had a COVID case, the girls soccer. So not only are the players quarantining, a lot of the varsity not competing, you yourself are quarantining and can't be there this week because the JV team and a couple of varsity players, from what you told me, is going to be competing. And obviously Immaculate is also out of the North Division tournament. So it's been impacted. Just walk us through how everything has been, how are you doing, and how, how are the kids handling this? Uh, again, on the – on the precipice of winning a North division championship. And obviously that possibly is not there for those varsity kids. Yeah. Um, we knew at the end of last season that this 2020 season was going to be our season. Like we had right. every coach, every coach knew every team knew that we were going to be the team to beat. We returned so many kids to all state players still returning again this year. We knew that this was our season and, and the kids knew that. So the fact that when we got to the start of the season and there was no states, no SWC, we were like really bummed. That's when we picked the goals to become undefeated. So we, we got to that point. Then halfway through the season, then they're like, okay, we're going to have an SWC tournament. So now they're all hyped again. They're ready. They're like, we're going to be there. Then it becomes a conversation of how do we do that? Then they decided North and South division. So I think to, for the kids – you know, being 15, 16, 17, that's, that's, those are hard concepts for them to grasp, to be like, I'm going to be number one. And then all of a sudden I'm going to be able to be in this tournament. And then all of a sudden it's gone. So it was like, uh, they definitely were devastated knowing that we, we were the best. And it wasn't like we were just beating teams one, nothing. We were all those good teams that are in that league, which SWC is so competitive. Yeah. We really, you know, played well. And it wasn't like, we beat teams just on pure athleticism. We beat teams because we played good soccer. We put the ball down. We finished as a team. We really, on the offensive third, moved the ball as a unit. Sam Grayson and Sydney Weiss, our keepers that were in the back, they really used their voice to pump up everybody, get us forward. Our back line was so competitive. We, After every game, every coach would call me after or text me after, wow, you guys are you're, – you're, you're the real deal. And I would always tell them that because I wanted them to know it wasn't just me that saw it. Everybody <laughs> right. saw that they were that good. So, you know, I think 
we played, like I said, we didn't play like it was our last. We played like that was the only game that mattered. And then on, on Thursday, when we were rounding up our regular season, you know, I honestly didn't say very much in the pregame huddle. I said, you're here. It's your final game of the regular season. Just win. That's all you have to do. Have fun and win. Really, that's it. And, um, you know, I could tell on the bench that the kids were, you know, I was trying to take out my starters, give everybody a chance to play. I really wanted to get everybody in that last regular season game. It was six to one. Everybody deserved to be in at that point. You know, it wasn't a game that was super, super competitive. So I, I, I was really happy I got everybody in now that I know it was the last game, you know, in my mindset of going into that game. I thought we were going to win. I didn't know it was going to be six to one. We only beat New Fairfield two nothing the last time. So I didn't know it was going to be like that. But, um, you know, I could tell the emotions were high on the bench. I could tell that they were starting to get a little nervous thinking that the regular season was coming to an end and like, let's just get to the tournament. Let's just get to the tournament. And then, you know, you wake up Friday morning hearing, you know, my phone going off while I was at school. I had to call my principal and say, I got to step out. I got to step out. I got to deal with this. And finding out, you know, that we're not going to make it into the tournament was honestly, I, I, I don't even have the words to say how I was feeling because it was just so devastating. It was so heartbreaking to hear that. Yeah, it must have been a tough conversation to have with the kids. Yeah, well, that was the thing is I didn't even get to see them. I had to. I had to send a text. We have a team app it's called where we're able to like converse with the kids and usually I post practice, whatever. And I basically just wrote them all a text like, and I, and then the administration of region 15 was like, please don't talk to anybody until we get through talking to everybody. So the girls are calling me and I, I can't respond to them. And I'm like, my heart is breaking for them. And, and um, finally, when I was able to, you know, say something I, I posted, I said, you guys have nothing to be disappointed about. You played 11 games. Some teams in our league and other leagues played five. Like you played 11 games. You got 21 days of a preseason. You, you won every game. You scored 35 goals. That's so much to be proud of. And I said, I wish I could be there in person to have this conversation with you because, you know, it's killing me that I have to do this from home. But I said, you really have nothing to be disappointed about. Every team knew that this was your was your season for sure. This would have been a fun team to take into a state tournament, wouldn't it? You know, and, and we got bumped <laughs> up to double L this year. So it would have been really cool to see how how they would have been able to compete because I really I would put money on it that they would have been able to go really, really far. And Jillian, you're as we mentioned, you're an elementary school teacher in Waterbury. So you are quarantining yourself. If, for those, I mean, just give an idea of what you have to, you're going through and how you're going to be able to watch your team on Thursday. How, how first, uh, how you're doing? Yeah. How what you have to do? Can you teach? Can you work? Because I think there's people out there probably don't know the whole exposure. Yeah, thing. Right. So um, what I had to do was I had to obviously contact my you know primary job with HR and they you know, do the same thing as region 15, the quarantine for 14 days, no matter if you get a negative test or not, because obviously the, the virus can stay in your system for, for longer than that. So I'm actually going this afternoon to get my negative test. I have to provide it to work, um, but I'm not going back in until the 16th. So this week I'll be home. Um, I'm basically at my dining room table with my laptop on a box so that I could see uh, I have my iPad to see my kids, my laptop to do my work, and 
you know, I have a dog running around, so I can't imagine <laughs> when people have kids at home have to deal with this, but yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making do it's hard. It's hard to stay focused though, because my mind is just, is everywhere. Obviously I want to do my best with the kids. I don't want to let them down, but I'm also like worried about those high school kids that, you know, their, their careers, some of their careers are over and, and it just, it weighs heavy on me that that's, this is the way that it ended for them. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I pride myself that everybody got to play that last game. I think that was very important. I'm really happy all those kids got in. Um, you know, the conversation I had with my athletic director, Mr. Plasky on Friday, I, I was on the phone more than I've ever been on the phone in my life on Friday, handling, you know, all the phone calls, but I was outside and he was like, I just got an idea. And he brought up, we have 17 JV kids. We have a few kids that weren't playing at that varsity at the practice with where the exposure was. What if we put them in? They're the one seed. He's like, you know, varsity works so hard to get to that point. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's like, that's incredible. <laughs> so I was like, I think we should do it. I said, you know, some, some of those JV kids may never play a varsity game. So like, that's a cool experience in itself. It's cool that we're the one seed they're going to go in. Then it ended up happening. We get a buy. And then we find out that, you know, four of our varsity kids were not on that exposure list and they get to go. So we're like, you know, for the varsity team to work that hard, get us that position. And now the JV team can kind of come in and be the Cinderella story maybe of, you know, getting us through the tournament. Like it's, it's kind of the whole program is put together to, to maybe win this North division title. Like it's, it's a really cool story. That's a great experience for those JV kids. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. Like nothing like that has ever happened before as far as. Right. I can. <laughs> right. And then like, you know, a couple of those kids I was planning on pulling up for the sure. tournament anyway. So I texted them. I said, now's your chance to be a leader. Like, we need you to be a varsity leader, not a JV leader, a varsity leader now. So here's your time to shine. <laughs> Do you have to watch an NHS on Thursday? How, how, how will you be able to watch? Um, so Pomper, we don't have that program. We are streaming them live on YouTube. It's been okay. really great. So, yeah, I'll be in my living room pacing back and forth watching. But the good news is. Screaming. is yeah. Stream, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, streaming, you, streaming and screaming. Yes, exactly, yes. exactly. But um, the good thing is, um, Haley Marquis, who's our volunteer assistant, she's right. um, she was not at that practice, so she's able to be there. So she knows the varsity kids and she knows the other teams we've played. Whereas Molly Miller and Rosalina Santos are the JV coaches, they know the JV kids, but not necessarily the opponents. So the combination of them together, I think, is going to be great. You know, I drafted the, the practice plans for them, so I sent them to them today. You know, I think I think they're fired up for it. Haley called a couple of them to kind of, like, sense what they're feeling, and they're all very, very excited. So, you know, we have a freshman keeper that's going to go in and, you know, and try to save the day, which is cool. And, you know, I think it'll be a really great experience for them. You know, Scott, I'm going to steal this point from Scott because he, he brought up a great point because we were always talking about COVID and this and that – I didn't know if we were going to get to this point and so on and so forth. What kind of credit do kids and coaches across the board, not just in girls soccer deserve having gone through this and basically for the most part, even you guys gone through it successfully because you, you're going to continue on, even though Mac and all these kids yeah. and all these programs and eighties having to deal with what they deal with and changing everybody referees, just getting to this point, what kind of credit 
for those of us who, who are on the outside looking in, who don't understand really what everybody went through. Yeah, honestly, I, I was thinking about this, like, if I was, you know, a college coach or I was somebody on, you know, an inter job interview committee looking at an accolade that maybe they got in 2020, it's like, how, like, you want to know more. What did you do to get to that point? How did you, how did you deal with that? Like, same thing, like, you know, I was supposed to have a, you know, a wedding this summer. I couldn't deal with, you know. I didn't even know? think of that. Did, yeah, did you? like, all of that stuff, it all is a big factor. Like, you see the date 2020 and you're like, how did you deal? What, what, what were your circumstances? What were you able to accomplish? You know what I mean? So like, I, I, I think like as much as I want to say, like the accolades mean something, it's honestly like they don't because you know, it was all a team effort to get through anything that you wanted to get through. You weren't getting through anything with COVID by yourself. You had to rely on somebody else. You had to work, rely on your family, your team, your, you know, whatever that may be. You know, I, I think everybody deserves, you know, a big pat on the back for just remaining as positive as you can. Obviously, there were emotions, you know, running high all the time, whether it was, you know, walking on the field for what might have been your last time. You didn't know. Like, everybody's got to give themselves a little bit of credit here for, for making it through as well as we can. And, you know, for these kids to say that in this 2020 season, they bumped up to double L, they they – we're the number one seed two seasons in a row, not just one. Like that's, that's commendable. Yeah. And that, you know, we scored all those goals, barely gave up any, like, you know, I think those are, like I said, going to be great stories for them to tell someday in their future when they're in a job interview or, or what may be, you know, I think those kids really got to give themselves a little bit of credit for sure. And what about asking, I mean, I'm sure you had to ask your kids too, to sacrifice some social stuff to make sure that they were able to be on that field every time. Is that something you, you talked to the kids about and how did they yeah, respond for to sure. that? For sure. So, um, you know, we, Mr. Plasky, our athletic director, he, he was, he's been wonderful. He's been so supportive. He's always communicating with us. He always jokes. He's always like, if I don't get a text from Jillian at 6.30 in the morning, like I know something's wrong because I always, <laughs> I always call him. I always bounce ideas off of him. Like I just want to make sure that I'm like giving these kids like the best experience that they can, that they can have. And um, so he, he always says like, good morning. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. <laughs> but he, um, he has been sending us emails constantly. Reminder girls remind, to all the programs in the fall. Reminder girls, please no pasta parties. Reminder girls, no end of season banquet. And, you know, I've been relaying that information to the booster club and, you know, obviously the big one was Halloween and, you know, I had to say, you know, send out a text. And I said, you know, if, if I find out that people in my program are being disrespectful to everybody else by, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, I have no problem removing you from this program. Like you're not going to ruin what we have for everybody else. And, you know, I think, I think I had everybody pretty much on board with, with that. I mean, you know, I was saying like, we're not doing anything either. Just like you guys, you know, I'm doing my end of the bargain. You guys got to do the same for yourselves. So, I mean, it's sad though, because, you know, this whole thing happened a week after give or take Halloween. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, I hope it wasn't something related to that because we gave them that information. Like, please don't do anything like that. Please don't jeopardize the postseason. And, you know, it ended up timing out that, it could have been, you know, but you don't know where it starts. You don't know where it comes from. It's just, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it with my regular job with Thanksgiving coming. Like now I have to go back in a building where I don't know where these kids are traveling or what they're doing. So it's, 
it's a pretty uneasy feeling physically having to go into buildings with kids and ride the bus and, and that type of thing. You know, I, I'm come, my family all lives in uh, Boston in New York and we're trying to figure out what to do for the holidays. And my siblings are like, well, just everybody quarantine before, you know, the holiday. And my mom and I are both teachers and we're like, well, we have to go in to go to work. So it's not really an option for us at this time. So, you know, those holidays really threw the kids for a loop, I think. Well, the interesting thing um, from what I said, I have family members who are teachers as well. And, and you just heard about the, te- the concern of teachers uh, with the a- athletes and the, where they're going to be. And they, they're concerned as teachers, you know, they're going to be playing these games and where they're going to bring it in. You have the unique perspective of being a coach and a teacher, which I know a lot of coaches are teachers. Right. How was that as far as, well, I'm a coach, but I'm a teacher. Is it almost like you got to have faith in the kids? Because you're dealing with elementary kids, so it's a different group than what you coach. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky in the sense that where I am in Waterbury, we are doing their version of hybrid, which is some kids are in person and some kids are online at the same time. So I only have physically eight kids in the building in my classroom, but I have 11 online at the same time. So the numbers are low, which is good. But like, how do you tell fourth graders to stand six feet apart in the hallway, you know, to go use the bathroom? You know what I mean? Like those kind of like little things that normally an elementary school teacher doesn't have to worry about. Like we have to worry about now the, the cleaning, the laptops, the blowing their nose. They need to get me to tissue, like basic little things like I mean, I'm, I'm happy I'm the upper grades. I can't imagine being a kindergarten teacher dealing with kids never being in school before. Like, how do you teach them how to hold a pencil? You know what I mean? Like, that, that stuff is very difficult. And then the coaching part of it is they're obviously, I mean, the Pompro kids, they're so smart. They're all in AP honors classes. They're all applying to, like, these amazing schools. They're very smart, smart young ladies and respectful. So they, they've been good about you know, we haven't been high-fiving, we haven't been hugging, and, you know, I'm a, we're a female coaching staff, we are, like, high-fiving galore, you know, like, that, that's how we are, and, and we can't do that, you know, so that, that part is, that part's hard, that's what we, like, feed off of, you know, so it's definitely, it's definitely difficult, and a big adjustment. I wanted to ask you, I mean, uh, and you mentioned all-female coaching staff. That's fairly unique for mm-hmm. girls' soccer in the state. I mean, as we were looking around, there aren't even a lot of female head coaches. Right. What's it like working with the girls when you have an all-female staff, and, and did you ever play for a, for, a, for a woman head coach? That's funny. Yeah, um, so I brought in the girls that are in now. So uh, Haley and Molly are, like, my two best childhood friends. They've been – they both played at Pomperog with me. Um, they both played in college. So I knew that I wanted to get them involved. Uh, Molly was a goalkeeper. So it's great because we have that aspect. So we can do trainings with her as well. Haley um, is similar to me. She is also an elementary school teacher. So we, we work really well, um, with our organization and how we run practices. So that works really well for us. And Rosalina was the freshman coach, but we didn't have a team this year. So she bumped up to be JV. And, um, She's doing a very good job working with the JV program with Molly on. We really wanted them to work on their technical skills. I wasn't concerned about what they were going to do as a team. I wanted them to work on getting better individually so that when I, the time came for them to come to varsity, they were ready. Um, but, you know, I always say to them, to the girls, I said, you know, 
you really don't know how lucky you are to have girls that played high school soccer, that played in college, that can relate to you on so many capacities. Like, I mean, most of us are educators, but, you know, Molly's an accountant, so she talks to them about things outside of soccer that, you know, maybe they can connect with. We, we always are texting them and calling them, sending them podcasts we want them to listen to, or, you know, I had them watch their YouTube the other day about I wanted them to evaluate how many times they kept the ball versus how many times they lost the ball. So I've really been trying to have them connect with themselves so that they understand, you know, we're not all the best. You know, we all have things to improve on, but I think um, I only had a female coach. I went, I played soccer at Central Connecticut. So Mick Darcy was my head coach. And then my assistant was Jen Prozo. She played at UConn and then she played pro for um, Philadelphia. And she just, you know, being an assistant, you know, she was able to kind of like, you know, you'd, you'd get what you did wrong from the head coach and then you'd kind of go to her and she'd like buffer you a little bit. So right. the fact that we kind of have, a lot of buffers is nice, <laughs> you know, dealing with high school age girls. Like there's, there's so many things that go on. You know, I do have to say this season, maybe it's cause they couldn't, you know, go out and do a lot of things. We didn't really have that many issues to buffer, I guess, but you know, because there's, there's so many different personalities. We were really able to kind of connect, you know, with each kid differently. And, and I think that was really, really, really important. And hopefully you're steering them towards the Jester kicks podcast. It's one of the podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> posting this story. We're going to thank Papa Rock girls soccer coach Julian Menzies for joining us on the Just for Kicks podcast. Really, really insightful, coach. Uh, thank you. Uh, I know you'll be antsy like a true Italian with moving your hands, watching those games. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you're doing it. See, nobody can see us because we're on Zoom. We're on Zoom doing these. So I'm moving my hands, asking questions. She's doing it, answering it. That's, that's what Italians do. Nothing, no disrespect to anybody other heritage. But anyway, listen, congratulations <laughs> on a great season. Thank, Thank you for your time. Good luck with everything and uh, enjoy the games as best as you can. From Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. We are back on Just for Kicks. Uh, these interviews are great. I love these interviews every week. Uh, she was fantastic. Um, yeah, there really are not a lot of female head coaches for the girls soccer. I, I was a little bit surprised, you know, girls basketball, you have quite a few, uh, but in girls soccer, we were having a hard time when we looked around uh, seeing them. And she has a whole female coaching staff up there, which I think is awesome. And yeah. obviously they've had a great season and uh, yeah, they would have been fun to watch in that double L tournament for sure. I mean, to be quite honest with you, as I may have mentioned in the opening, um, I just reached out to you. They had a great season. I had no idea. They, I mean, I just lucked into finding out they had COVID. I mean, and obviously finding out about Immaculate. Sometimes that's what happens when you just reach out and we, you're, trying to get, you're trying to reach out to a different part of the state that we don't touch on. We don't cover a lot, always as much of the SWC as we used to. Um, but obviously, as she said, they have great soccer and, and, and boys and girls. I mean, you had the, we had the Western coach on last week and obviously um, the, it's great soccer in that area as it is in other parts. And as we're going to mention, you got the SWC, you got the SCC, the FCAC, the CCC, even the ECC, everybody's starting up their postseason experiences. I'm going to call them tournaments because they are to me. Um, and it's going to be – I think you're going to see some great action. Uh, again, great weather, as I've said 500 times. And uh, it's too bad that she and other – she won't be able to watch Jillian, be able to watch her team play. But that's just some of the stuff we deal with. You just don't know day-to-day -day what's going to happen. 
Yeah, and at least they're getting some of the varsity kids there. They're getting the JV kids there. They're going to play. Right. So do what you can, you yeah. And really quickly, we mentioned Steve Waters from Old Saybrook. His first year after a long stretch at Farmington, they obviously had games canceled last week. They did not – school did not say why. You can draw your own conclusion as to what it was. They are the one seed in the boys' soccer tournament shoreline. They open on Wednesday, so that means he can be going for the all-time winning total in state history on Friday in the semifinals. Uh, he, would play, he would break the former Edo Smith called John Blomstrand's record. I think it's 565 wins. That's an incredible run. Um, of course, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. Keep your eyes peeled to Game Time CT. We're going to have coverage wall-to-wall, I believe. Yeah, and we'll have updates on all the schedules as we get them. Uh, those things are obviously changing. Um, by the minute? By the minute. As they say, uh, everything's fluid now. Uh, but, yeah, the schedules are changing. Uh, you know, we're updating those every day with the times of games. Um, and we'll have stories for the games. I know we're going to get out and cover a lot of things this week uh, across the board in all the sports. So, for Joe, <laughs> I'm Scott. And we'll see you next time on Just for Kicks.